This is 680 CJOB. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Main Ingredient. Kevin Bergen here. Krista Hall here. How are you? I'm doing well, how are you? I'm good, we have a special guest today, and I always, I think I can get your last name correct. Okay? You're looking at me like you're doubting me. We're all anticipating. Okay? Kim Balkowski. Ooh, you got it. Yeah, see? Yeah. Ah, that wasn't too bad. Kim, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Very good. Kim is the owner of Preserve. Is it Preserve by Florin Farmer? That is the, that's the long the long name, yeah. So I call it Preserve for short, and right. then Florin Farmer's my brand, Preserves the Store. They oh, go, I get it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I understand. Now so, I understand. Yeah. Okay, so what exactly is it? Let's talk about you know how you got into business. Let's hear your story. Okay, so I mean, it started back close to eight years ago. Yep. Um, well, I guess 10 years ago, I started canning. You know, I had a bumper crop of cucumbers, taught myself how to, decided it was time to teach myself how to can because I loved cooking and uh, and and love pickles. So I uh, taught myself canning, looked up an old Ukrainian cookbook. It turned out that that cookbook actually was teaching me how to ferment pickles. Uh, so I accidentally made crock pickles and ferments <laughs> for my first my first batch, which I, even at the time, I was unaware of. I was like, that's weird. I thought that pickles had vinegar in them, but it's just salt and water. And <laughs> I leave them on the counter and okay. But they turned out awesome. And it kind of like sparked my my passion and an obsession with, with canning. And so, you know, I kept on pickling throughout the summer and then and taught myself like the vinegar pickle and water bath canning and everything. And then towards the end of the summer, you know, fruit was on clearance all the time. So picked myself up some clearance fruit and decided to start teaching myself how to jam. Um, and the first time that I, I made it, you know, I'm looking up recipes and I keep on seeing pectin in every recipe. And I didn't know what pectin was at the time, mm-hmm. despite my, you know, what I thought was a good knowledge of, of food and ingredients and cooking. Um, so found a different recipe without pectin in it and uh, where it was just the fruit was cooked down for, you know, a, well, a pretty long time considering that it was only like a couple pounds of fruit. And uh, and it made for such a, like a, a flavorful, like fruity um, taste that I really liked it. And then the, decided to try a pectin variety. And while I was making it, I just... I was blown away by the amount of sugar that was oh, in it. I was like, this yep. cannot be right. What is pectin? Pectin is a thickener, and it's a thickener that you find in virtually every jam, every marmalade. Your grandma's probably has it. You it's know, what makes it jelly. It's what makes it gel. Yeah, it's the yeah. thickener that's used, but it doesn't work independently. So by itself, it's not a problem. The problem comes from the amount of sugar it needs to activate it. Oh, yikes. And it needs equal parts sugar to fruit. So your jar jam, you know is a minimum of 50% sugar. Shut wow. up! Yeah. Holy major, smokes! Major brands are actually 75% sugar. That's insane! It's kind of gross. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of gross! <laughs> <laughs> and fruit is just so naturally sweet anyway. Right, yeah. You know? it, it, I think that it does need a little bit of something to kind of like help the flavors pop. What, half? Half? That's nuts. Yeah, that's crazy. So, uh, but I mean, it makes for it makes for a much bigger volume when you're using pectin, but uh, a much less fruity kind of like grossly sweet man. flavor. Yeah, yeah. And I actually just think the flavor of, of pectin-free is just way better once I made the pectin versus the non-pectin mm-hmm. one. I just realized that, that the one without it was way better. So, so that's what kind of sparked everything. And then, you know, 
it was kind of like night after night where I would just start after my son went to bed. I would just start start jamming. Who, who are you making the jam for then? Myself. You're making my all that life. jam. Just hey, <laughs> hey man, you want some jam? Hey Bobby, you want some jam? <laughs> it was more of just like an obsession, right? You know. So you know, I made so much that I didn't, I couldn't consume that all myself, oh. and so I was giving away to friends and family. And uh, eventually got invited to a farmer's market by a friend of mine. And uh, I think she thought I was going to bring earrings because I'd made her some jewelry the year before for her birthday. And instead, I show up with a table full of, like, pickles and ferments. and I love it. She's all like, hey, man, and what the hell is this? <laughs> I sold it all. So, Did you really? Wow. Yeah, I sold almost all of it. So I think I had, like, close to 200 jars. And it was a weekend-long sale. It was the Anarchist Book Fair and DIY craft sale on um, Albert Street. Arthur Albert in front of the Mondragon way back in 2012. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I really hope you had 200 jars because you made them for that... For the... Farmer's market, not because you had so many jars. Some of around. them were just ones that, like, oh where I was like, God. well, good thing I got invited to something. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I sold almost all of them. I think I left with like a dozen, maybe. And you got money. And I got money and uh, like letters from around the world. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. So that was really it. Like, it got a, like, a page long letter from a girl in San Francisco. And uh, that was. listening to us just saying. <laughs> She, she, she likes her jam, too. Okay, good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like a woman in San Francisco wrote me like a super long letter about how she doesn't even really like jam. And that hey, this was after the first get her hands on it? Was it a gift She was to here in Winnipeg, here. yeah. Okay. And I guess she was maybe going to the Mondragon that day or something like that. So after your first farmer's market, she sends some lady sends you a letter. Yeah, yeah. So it was pretty motivating, yeah. obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. That's and from San Francisco, which yep. is like, you know, foodieville. So totally. I was feeling pretty good about myself. Yeah. And uh, I had just been in a pretty major accident a couple months before that. Uh, I'd been hit by a car and a van, large van. And, uh, it's and crazy because you are tiny. Uh-huh, I was on my bike, too. So oh, no protection, no helmet, nothing. <gasps> wow. oh, and I was kind of cruising. I was going down a bridge. So I was, I was, I had some speed on me. Right. And a van turned in front of me, and I had to, I tried to sideswipe it kind of, but it didn't really work out perfectly. And so, you know, I made impact with the van. I broke both my arms. My neck went through the side view mirror. My face broke the window. Shut up. Yeah, it's a miracle that I'm looking this good. <laughs> no, that's crazy. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I lost my job because of that. I was a server, mm-hmm. and uh, the place that I was working said they weren't going to wait for me to recover. And so I was kind of like, op- I didn't have a job at the time, and and that's pretty harsh to say that. It, I worked there for ten years. Yeah, that's terrible. Wow. You can't even just say whenever you're ready, come back. No, no, it was. I knew, I knew it was going to come though. So <laughs> I'm better off. <laughs> well, you know, I think so. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it just uh, it panned out that way, and you know, my options that MPI gave me were slim. You know, working Imagine at a call that. center is not what a a thirty five year old wants to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I decided that the time was ripe to start my own business. Time was ripe, Bobby. <laughs> All right, okay. You know, what? we're gonna take a little break, and when we return, we're gonna we're gonna talk about your business, how you actually got into business, right? Um, we are talking to Kim Balkowski. Like the way I say that, Balkowski. Love it. Um, from Floor and Farmer from Preserve. Uh, that's us, Florum Farmer, and we're going to return here on the main ingredient after a quick break.
Everybody, welcome to another segment of the main ingredient. We are still talking to Kim from Preserve, Flora and Farmer. Krista's still here. And we were talking about, before the break, we were talking about your business, how you got into selling your jams because you were a crazy jam lady. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's talk about how it led to your business. Okay. So, well, Flora and Farmer continued to grow. Hang on. As- What's with the name? So the name comes actually from the fact that my very first thing that I made, the pickles, were actually a ferment. And ferments are awesome for your gut flora. Oh, yeah. Um, I got it. Yeah. It's a cute little play on words. And then flora and fauna, but flora and farmer as an ode to the people that bring us our food. Gotcha. And that are so valuable in our food system and sadly often overlooked. She hasn't thought any about that name at all. Like, there's <laughs> no meaning to that name. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I actually made it up pretty quickly on the spot. Did so, you? Yeah. That's pretty good. good yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, Flora and Farmer, like, you know, I, I was just kind of doing it as a passion project, you know, doing farmer's markets. I started doing a lot of farmer's markets because I was really excited about everything. And uh, eventually, you know, so many people were asking me all the time, you know, do you, is your stuff in stores? I would love to sell your product in my store. So, you know, of course, after a while, I felt ready to kind of, you know, dip my toes in the water of retail and started moving towards, um, you know, getting that, that all scary? together. Right? It's, like, scary, got, it's yeah. a bit of an investment, right? It's an investment. Yeah. Time-wise, you know, you want to make sure that your product's going to be good enough. Um, and, you know, there's regulations, of course, to follow. So getting my product uh, regulatory compliant um, was also another thing. You know, there's financial investments. So, um, so yeah, it, it, it definitely takes some work. And it was just kind of a... I guess a kind of a scary thing initially to commit to, but at the same time, really exciting. So, um, so I started getting, you know, proper labels made and which was really nice because I was tying all my labels on before mm. and it took me like 40 minutes to do one case. <laughs> How hard was the process to get actual labels? Like, cause you have to go through a process to, to actually get the proper labels with the proper, that's right. Like ingredients and everything. On there, right? Yeah, that's, that's so I had to like, solidify my recipes, make sure that they were, you know, what what I felt I was I was confident in sticking to, um, and then sent the recipes off to Food Development Center. And I'd already met with met with Manitoba Food and Beverage and um, FDC to talk to them about growing my business and right. what what that would take. Yep, Food and Beverage um, Manitoba, they're they're pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. So um, so I met with them. And then I sent my recipes over to FDC, Food uh, Development Center, and they analyzed them and sent back nutrition facts. And then at that point, because my products are so low in sugar, um, they let me know that it wasn't actually jam that I was making and I wasn't allowed to call it jam because jam has to contain, it's close to 50% sugar in order to be allowed to call it jam. That is, that sounds really ridiculous. Yeah, so I had to change all my labels. Uh, <laughs> that, that sounds, I don't know, that, that sounds kind of backwards to me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The fact that you have to have that much sugar in something in order to call it something? Yeah, it's a solids content. And where are you going to find solids and jam? Because fruit is 95, 98, 99% water. Right. So because it's majority water, the only place that you really find the solids is from, from sugar. Wow. So... Um, so that's why they're called spreads, just because they're low in sugar. 
Um, which but it's technically a gem. Like it's, it, it's, it's the same, same consistency thing, of gem, right? But it, it causes some confusion, and so there's always some education involved when you come to my store. There's a lot of education in my store. Which so. is fine. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you, you only have to tell people once, they taste it, and then they're back. Exactly. Right? So, so yeah, then uh, from there, I like of course, before I could um, do retail, I had to find a commercial kitchen. So I started working out of commercial kitchens and you know worked out of the Broadway Neighborhood Center for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a little bit too small and the hours were too restricted because my product does take like a super long time to make. Right, um, so you need the kitchen to make it and to store it. To make it and to store it, yeah. So um, once you're retail, you have to be able to store it somewhere that health inspectors can investigate. So you can't bring it home any longer at that point. Right. Um, prior to being retail, I was just keeping it all in my basement, which was, you know, also not fun going up and down the stairs. Mm-hmm. But then the next kitchen I went to, also <laughs> up and down the stairs. Um, and at that, actually, there was a few kitchens that I worked out of commercially before I went um, retail. And then the last kitchen that I moved into at the retail point was um, the old Occidental Hotel. Oh, boy. Or the Red Road Lodge, yeah. which is now like a, it's a transitional, like, you know, long-term homeless shelter, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Um, and it was great, you know. Um, I was definitely warned by my customers that I better watch out, you know, there. And there was nothing to be afraid of. The people that lived there were awesome, and they watched out for me. Oh, that's kind of cool. Huh? Yeah, it was actually really, really cool. And then I was able to hire them sometimes here and there when I needed an extra hand. Yeah, that's know? cool. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. really neat. I like that. I hired some people that, uh, a couple guys that had just gotten out of jail. Get out of here. Yeah. and Because uh, they were in a bit of a jam, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> so they actually, the one one of the guys that I hired actually went on to pursue university. Like he said that it motivated him to. Now that's awesome. Yeah. I right? feel pretty good about it. Yeah, that's so. good. Yeah. So wow. I'm really happy for him. Yep. I hope that he's still doing well. We've lost <laughs> touch, but um, but he was a sweetheart. And I just got a good vibe off of him from the right from the get-go. So I hope that he's still doing really well. And that was like, you know, definitely a really um, positive, important thing to me. For sure. So, um, so yeah, after the Red Row Lodge and working out of there, that's when, you know, they, they have a commercial kitchen there as well as a community kitchen, but they wanted to start using their commercial kitchen for the tenants which is understandable um and and it was i was not able to expand and grow the way that i wanted to due to the building's construction Mm -hmm. because it couldn't meet uh federal regulations so at that point i had started keeping my eye out for other places to move into and it just so happened that uh there was a bakery looking for a subleaser on kijiji Oh, get out of here. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think my sister was the first person to send it to me, and then a bunch of other food people sent it to me as well. So, we all have each other's backs in the food world. Isn't and that it awesome? Is really cool. Winnipeg's really, it's tight-knit here. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. You know, we back each other up. So, um, so yeah, I met with the, the Hildegard's Bakery owners, and, and we worked on a deal. So, that's when, you know, construction began a few months afterwards, and... Um, Going through the regulatory process was not awesome when it came to constructing awesome. a commercial kitchen. <laughs> you know, federal government is very, very slow moving. So mm. that held me back for a while. Imagine that. Oh, who knew? <laughs> 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 but, uh, but you know, it got done. I got my answers after a couple months. Um, and, uh, and then construction began. It, of course, as all construction is, had delays and, you know, hiccups and everything. But there I am now. And uh, and I really enjoy having, you know, 
a storefront, which was a big part of um, the excitement in moving in there because schlepping, you know, 50 cases, 25 cases of, of jam Tons and pickles and of stuff. Work. You haven't, it's like you, you've, you've done all the work and now you got extra work by moving the stuff around. Exactly. And it takes so much extra time. Yep. And so you're not able to, you know, you're not able to sell your products for a full retail value unless you're at a market. Right. And uh, so it was just a, it was a way to work smarter. Uh, I thought not harder, but I'm definitely working harder. <laughs> What is the address? It's uh, 100B-686 Portage. However, it's also kind of confusing having a Portage address because I'm really on Maryland. Yeah, it's around the corner. Yeah, so so because uh, Hildegard's and I uh, divided a unit, they're on Portage, but mine, the way that we divided it right. put me on Maryland. But the building is on Portage, so okay. I like to say I'm on the Maryland corner. Which you're technically on. If if yeah. you're if you're around there, it's not hard to find. Like if you actually if you're in the bakery, you're literally you're right there, right through a door. You would be shocked at how many people go to the bakery tons of times and don't realize that I'm there. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's definitely been um a challenge to find ways to let people know I'm I'm right there. You don't even have to leave the bakery. Come on in. But uh but I'm working on it. Always, always working on things. <laughs> First year of business, right? So you always need to be prepared for, or, well, you're always, you're working out kinks all the time in your first year. So. For sure. For sure. Um, we're going to take a little break and then we're going to return and we're going to talk about the actual preserve. I want to know some the actual of products flavors. You make, right? I bought the, the carrot cake one. Is that what I bought? You bought that? It's, it's It tastes just like carrot cake. I want to know how you did that. I think it tastes better. I think so too. <laughs> um, we're going to take a little break and we're going to return, talk more with Kim Balkowski from Preserve and Florham Farmer on the main ingredient. 680 CJOB. Welcome back to the main ingredient, everybody. Kevin Bergen here. Krista Hall here. Kim over there. Hi. From Florin Farmer from Preserve the Store. Sells Fl- Florin Farmer. As well as other Manitoba-made goods. You do? Yes. What, what, okay, so what other Manitoba-made goods do you have in there? Well, I guess I have like Nature's Pasta. I carry their eggs as well. Notre Dame Butter. Um, Vagnola or Good People Foods Granola. Um, trying to go through all of it in my head. Hot Cups Tea. I, I think I you saw Smack Dab in there. Yeah. Smack Dab, of yeah. course. Yeah. yeah. Tasty uh, tasty Heats, Gourmet Inspirations. Um, you had some good stuff. Yeah, you Lecacino had pottery. Chips. Yeah, yeah. I've got a little bit of crafting, uh, craft kind of housewares, gifty kind of things as well. You know, cards, uh, sassy tea towels. I've got some pottery, um, some beautiful serving boards from Elaine Delay. Mm-hmm. Um, nice gifts that you don't find all over the place. No, I mean, no. So if you want to be like unique and give someone something that they're not going to get 50 times or other people don't have, that's a good spot to go to. Exactly. Plus all your money staying in the local economy. So I think that that's an especially awesome thing. I think so. Especially awesome. You love the word awesome, don't you? I guess so. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, <laughs> let's talk about your products. Let's talk about what you make and how you make it. Like my carrot cake spread. Okay. So your carrot cake spread was one of the exceptions to the rule because I do need to use a thickener in that one. Um, but so you I broke the rules. I broke the rules, but I use a thickener, uh, a pectin that's actually activated with calcium rather oh. than with tons of sugar. So, I mean, I still try not to use 
thickeners because that way it's just easier to, to keep my story straight or whatever. And you just want it to be what it is. Like you want the ingredients to actually be what you say they are. Exactly. Yeah. So I do, I'm pretty, I'm a very transparent person. And uh, so I do always like let people know when I'm telling them about my products in the store that there's a couple exceptions. The rule, pineapple never thickens independently. And there's pineapple in the carrot cake spread. So and oh. carrots, of course, also don't contain any natural pectin because pectin is a naturally occurring ingredient in all fruits. But uh, as the fruit ripens, it actually, I believe it converts to sugar. So the sweeter the fruit, the less pectin it has. Not not exactly, but the riper the fruit. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so what, did, what did you get? I got, it was a fig one. It was a, more of a savory one. Mm-hmm. But what was it combined with? That one has caramelized onions, roasted garlic, splash of balsamic, a little bit of thyme. It's the balsamic, yeah. Yeah, certified yeah. organic figs. So what does that one go with? How do you circuit? come up with these ideas? Yeah. Uh, you know, I just I just like cooking. I just like being creative. And uh, yeah, I don't know, making strawberry, plain strawberry jam over and over again just didn't appeal to yeah, me. Yeah, it'd be a little bit boring, right? Yeah, yeah. And is you have one that is was written about as being one of the best things out of Winnipeg. Yeah, which is the one that you got. Okay. That's the savory fig spread. So Food Network actually promoted it as one of the best things to bring home from Winnipeg. The Food um, Network is the Bible. It's part of the station. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same so, company. Yeah, great, great <laughs> press for me, I guess. Although I, sure. it, it was like months until I even knew it had been written about, actually. Well, so you need to brag about that one. <laughs> totally, man. You, yeah, you don't, you don't not tell people that one, right? Exactly. People seem to be pretty impressed when I tell them about that. So do you have other savory ones or is that the only savory one and everything else is kind of sweeter, breakfasty? You know, actually, I think I more specialize in the savory varieties, although a lot of them can go either way. So, you know, I have a blueberry basil. It's wild blueberries Mm. and fresh basil. That one's a real hit. Uh, There's like almost a full pound of blueberries in every jar. Wow. Yeah. Um, And I mean, while it's killer with brie, like crazy good uh, or even cheddar cheese my kiddo gets the best grilled cheese sandwiches in his entire school um, it's also you know do you want to swap lunch no <laughs> they're not allowed to oh really oh yeah, yeah. that's right yeah <laughs> so uh, so yeah that one also because it's like Basil flavor is like nicely balanced. You can taste it, but it's not the dominant flavor. Mm-hmm. It works for breakfast. And then like, say, a peppery strawberry chocolate balsamic. It's oh. a mouthful. You don't say. <laughs> say that again. Say again. <laughs> peppery strawberry chocolate balsamic spread. Wow. wow. So it's a, it's a chocolate balsamic that I use, and it was a collaboration between an oil and vinegar store that, uh, that I'd worked with. And uh, so, I mean, strawberries and chocolate... And strawberries, and I, I did a strawberry balsamic right from the get-go, and they heard about it, and they wanted to collaborate. So we thought about throwing some chocolate in there, and then the peppery, pepper goes nicely with both chocolate and strawberries. I love the thought of a collaboration between two local businesses. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, and uh, then I just cook that one down, and of course, it, it has a really like luxurious kind of silky texture from the balsamic. Um, and that one works Awesome with goat cheese. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) It's rad with goat cheese. Um, Don't change up now. (laughs) uh, But it also works for breakfast. So, you know, because it's got a chocolatey sweet flavor. The pepper is, is there. So it's like, you know, I have ones that are for adventurous breakfast eaters. And then I have more like standard, you know, blackberry, lemon, and vanilla, strawberry, beet, and vanilla. Blackberry, lemon, and vanilla. When you say the names... I have to process. Yes, so do I. That's what I'm doing right, right? now. Blackberry, <laughs> lemon, and vanilla. Vanilla. Right. Yeah. So you say oh. it, and then I process the flavors individually, 
and then think of what it would taste like together. How does that one go? It goes over really well. Does it? What do you eat it with? Uh, that one's a breakfast one. Is so it really? yeah, yeah, I just totally recommend it. You know, for toast or if you are like making thumbprint cookies, that one goes really nicely in it. That kind of thing. Oh, so you know, or a layer ideas. cake, yeah. you can put it in between. Definitely like one of my more normal varieties, I guess. Or like, what is your most obscure one? Would you say? Pineapple, jalapeno, and coconut. Hot and smoky pineapple and tomato. Hot oh, and smoky that's, Those are two different and, ones? Two different ones. Okay. Hot and smoky, smoky pineapple and tomato. I'd okay. really like to taste that. That one's my favorite. Is it? Yeah. So do you have these all year round? Yes. Those or? ones are. Um, I do make a new preserve at the beginning of every month. So I was doing a preserve in the month club and um, and it kind of like, you know, inspired me. It kept me on my feet. And, uh, you know, this way I'm like forced to make a new flavor every month, and it keeps things fresh in the store. Right. Um, I can use local produce in the summertime, so that's also really great because with a year-round product, if I'm using local produce, you know, in for a month or whatever, and then in the wintertime I have to use imported produce, I'm not going to have a consistent product around right. the year. Mm-hmm. So, so this way I'm able to use local produce for at least, you know, one flavor. And because I have a storefront, um, one of the benefits of that is that there is a, I guess, loophole where you don't need to have nutrition facts for things that you're selling direct from your storefront or from your facility, which is why bakeries don't have to have nutrition facts Mm because they sell direct. Um, So that allows me to be creative and come up with new flavors without having to make the big investment of time and money. Yeah, exactly. So, and and having to feel confident that it's going to sell well enough that I will eventually, you know, make it worth its while. Right. So so that's been really fun. Uh, this month's flavor is a butternut squash and pear chutney. Butternut oh. squash and pear chutney. <laughs> He's doing it again. You can see the wheels. <laughs> because you, there's so many, you know what I mean? Like it's just got to gotta process it, which is kind of cool. You know what? I, I, I regret now when we went to your store that when I was choosing something that we didn't do a walkthrough and actually talk about the, the, the stuff. You know what I mean? Because yeah. there's a lot of stuff in there. There is. There is. It's a lot for someone to process. Yeah. And I definitely get that. You know, for me, it's just been so, it's been like, you know, seven, eight years of just this being what I think about morning, noon, and night. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it comes so naturally to me that it's it's kind of in the back of my head or, you know, it's not immediate to me naturally that uh, that it's overwhelming for people. Yeah, it's just tons of education, <laughs> but it's, it's something yeah. Like, yeah, it's just new, right? Like yeah. you said, so you kind of want to know. I don't want to choose something. No, I want to know everything there is to choose from. Mm-hmm. Then I can actually choose. Yeah, you know and I'm you saying? can always try things in the store as well. I usually have a couple things out for sampling, and then if there's anything that you people are really interested in. You don't want to say really that. She'll stay there in. all day. <laughs> no, I tried them yesterday, yeah. I tried a couple of them. They were yeah. delicious. Thanks. And again, not too sweet, and you really get the flavors. Yeah, it's a very fruit-forward, fruit-first mm-hmm. kind of thing. You know, I like to make the analogy that Florin Farmer is to craft or, you know, a major brand jam as uh, real orange juice is to Sunny D. Oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. dude. It's yeah. the real deal. Yeah, that's a good comparison. That's good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, in closing, let's, uh, let's, let's give everybody your information. Let's remind them where you are and your website and your social media and all that good stuff. All right. Well, okay. I'm located at 100... 686 Portage Avenue attached to Hildegard's Bakery. I'm actually on the Maryland side and you can access my storefront either through Hildegard's Bakery or from a separate entrance just south of my big windows on Maryland. Um, My website is (laughs) www.preservefoods.ca or 
floraandfarmer.com. Um, I love that. What's my website? <laughs> I don't go to my website you're, you're, you're that often. You're not the first. <laughs> <laughs> and then my social media, I have two social media handles as well. So I do uh, both Facebook and Instagram. And there's both Flora and Farmer. And it's uh, spelt Flora underscore and underscore Farmer or Preserve underscore store. <laughs> I can't believe you, you had to put the underscores in the floor and farmer. What, there are like 50 of those and you had to put those in there? <laughs> I wanted to separate the ants, you know? Yeah, yeah. You're hilarious. Um, and can they call the store? They can call the store. The phone number is 204-221-1383. Or they can always email me at eat at floraandfarmer.com. Our hours are always updated on Google, so they can always check out Google for um, for hours, a little bit of information, photos, and uh, some pretty rad reviews that I've gotten recently. So That's awesome. Uh, yeah. I, I brought up the phone number thing because CGOB listeners like to call. Okay. You know okay. what I mean? You have a lot of people that actually still use the phone, which is awesome. They like to talk to people and hear your voice and get their answers. So the phone number is always good. All right. Thanks for coming by, Kimmy. Thank you so much for having me. This has been great. It's been awesome. This is 680 CJOB.